ETL Echo presents Summer Nights by Frombologist. Chapter 7. We take the pressure and we throw away. Conventionality belongs to yesterday. There is a chance that we can make it so far. We start believing now that we can be who we are. Greece is the word. Greece, Frankie Valley. Where is he? Hermione tore through the burrow her hair sparking with rage as she accosted every inhabitant until she found one George Weasley sitting at the table drinking coffee. You great bloody oaf, George Weasley! She smacked him around the shoulders, arms and back of the head as he attempted to dodge her violence. How could you? Why would you? Oh, I swear to all the deities of the world I am going to murder you! Good morning, Hermione. George gripped his mug and danced out of her line of fire. His smile never faltered. Trust you had a nice kip, then. Spent a lovely summer vacation on a beach in France, was it? His cheerful, cheeky grin only set her off further. Hermione launched herself at him, teeth bared like a rabid bear ready to take down its prey. You know, we were all delightfully surprised at how you chose to spend your time. George pivoted away from her, and she went crashing against the counter. Draco Malfoy of all blokes. Poor Ickleronikins nearly had a fit when he saw you on the beach. You... he saw us on the beach? Hermione stopped dead in her tracks. Which time? George grinned and then threw her a casual wink while he stole a sip of coffee. The noise that ripped from Hermione's throat must have scared him, because George then turned about pace and scurried from the kitchen at top speed. I'm going to murder you, George Weasley, if it's the last thing I do! She seethed breath ragged, as she plopped herself down in a chair and buried her bushy head of curls into the crook of her arm. She whined into her skin, though the words were muffled and jumbled. Oh, heavens, he bloody saw us. There weren't a lot of us who didn't see you, a voice laughed, and then a familiar body dropped down next to her. I thought perhaps you weren't you and that George was having a laugh. Hermione glanced up to Harry and frowned. You thought I was a figment of a dream? He smiled. Wouldn't you? Imagine you saw me snogging Pansy Parkinson on that beach. Would you believe it could be true so easily? She couldn't help the way her nose turned up and mouth etched in disgust. Of course I... He leveled a skeptical gaze at her, and she sighed. Okay, fine. No. She relented with a small chuckle and placed her hands flat on the table. Oh, Harry, I honestly have no idea what I was thinking. He was, well... (sighs) Nice, and quite dashing. Did you know that it was really Malfoy when you saw him? Harry grabbed one of her hands and held it in his. He was always a comfort to her, and how he could even stand to look at her after she practically had Malfoy, of all people, she'd never know. A small smile curled her lips, and she shrugged. Not really. Not until I saw George at the bowling alley, and he explained the modified dream draft. Then she remembered what happened after the bowling alley and smacked her forehead down onto the table, much to Harry's amusement. I'm going to be at Hogwarts with him, Harry. What the hell am I going to do? He squeezed her hand and seemed that he was fighting off the laughter in his throat. You'll go to Hogwarts, and you'll be brilliant, just like you always are. Besides, maybe he doesn't realize that was the real you, and then you can pretend it never happened. Her head snapped up, and she looked about to cry, with beads of tears forming in the corners of her eyes. Harry, for his part, seemed surprised. His eyebrows rose nearly to his hairline, and he held her hand tighter still. Oh. 
Yeah, oh, she repeated with a frown. Oh, both teenagers turned to the sound of Molly Weasley entering the kitchen in a tizzy. Come on, you lot. Time to get the girls off to Hogwarts. I can't believe you boys are skipping your final year after the headmistress so graciously invited you back. Off to be Aurus at such a young age. Why, I never would have... Molly continued her tirade for an hour until Ginny arrived home from Bill's via the flu and the girls had their trunks ready to go. The Weasley matriarch scolded both Harry and Ron the entire trip to King's Cross and at least twice demanded that they attend their final year for NEWTs. It made the entire journey to the train station much easier for Hermione. She listened to the boys defend themselves and express their excitement for working as aurors, and she enjoyed Molly's praise for her academic ambitions. And she didn't have to think about the blonde boy that'd be at the train station. She didn't want to think what it meant if he didn't realize she was real in the dream. And she didn't want to think about what it meant if he did realize she was real in the dream. The whole situation was suffocating. Either way, her nerves overran every other emotion she should be feeling. When they finally approached the barrier to the train, Hermione hesitated and allowed the others to run at the platform barrier before her. She hopped from foot to foot, trying to work up her courage to face him. After several minutes and a lot of glancing at the ticking clock overhead, Hermione decided to engage her Gryffindor courage and charged the barrier. It was anticlimactic. The Weasleys were the only ones around. Most everyone else was already loaded on the train and ready to go. The clock struck one minute to eleven, and the whistle blew. Her palms were sweaty. Her breathing was shallow. She stared into the various windows and didn't see any pale blonde hair. "'Get on the train, dearie, or they'll leave you behind!' Mrs. Weasley shoved her forward and waved as Hermione stepped into the train. "'Your trunk has been loaded. Go! Go!' She didn't have a chance to hug Harry or Ron goodbye. The train whistled again and steam began to pour onto the platform. Hermione glanced back to Harry and the Weasleys one last time, and then turned to go off in search of Ginny and a compartment. She'd barely gotten three steps into the corridor when a solid body collided with her. She held her breath as she took in that familiar hair and then the gray eyes with hues of blue that had her so enraptured only hours ago. Hermione? Draco? Her face split into a wide smile and his followed suit. She wondered then if he knew but never got the chance to ask. Theodore Knott and Blaise Zabini strolled up behind him, each staring at her quizzically. Granger, Blaze said as he finally allowed her out of his gaze. Draco, we found a compartment. Coming? I... I'll see you around, Hermione told him in a quiet voice. She'd find Ginny and she'd pretend that this never happened. Clearly it would never work. Her friends experienced the change in them, but his? They would never understand. She made to maneuver around them, but Draco captured her hand in his. Granger? Hermione cringed at the use of her surname and hesitated before she let herself catch his eyes again. He smiled, a small and crooked thing that lifted one corner of his lips, the same smile he gave her at the beach. Her pulse quickened. This was Draco from the beach, and she knew, knew without a doubt, that he knew she was Hermione from the beach. Her heart soared as his friends walked away and he leaned down to whisper in her ear. See you around. He squeezed her fingers and turned away. When Draco walked away, Hermione realized that she held a piece of parchment in her hand. She smiled down at it as she read, More than first year, less than third.